Hey everyone, my name is Maria Scher and today with me I have Pisen, Min and Christabella, or we like to call her Bella. We are all from ASEAN Youth Organization, the chapter here in Germany, and we are actually also part of the inaugurating team over here. We're all volunteering for ASEAN Youth Organization Germany in different capacities while we are studying in different universities around Germany. So I am the moderator for this episode of this podcast and Min Pisen and Bella are the speakers and they will be taking on from here. So Pisen, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you Maria. Hi, I'm Pisen Su. I'm a Cambodian master's student in global communication at the University of Airport in Germany. And at the same time, I'm also like a donor relation volunteer for the ASEAN Youth Organization Germany chapter. Hi everyone, my name is Mei and I am also a master's student from Myanmar. I study sustainable entrepreneurship and social innovation at the Basvali University of Sustainable Development. I also volunteer at Asian Youth Organization Germany and I I'm currently working as a marketing communication officer at the Asian Youth Organization Germany. So my name is Christabella or Bella and I'm a bachelor student. I'm in my fifth semester and I study engineering mathematics at the Technical University of Berlin. And I'm also a volunteer in Asian Youth Organization Germany. Thank you for the introduction. I'm curious, how long have each of you lived in Germany? I have been in Germany for one year in the settlement, so almost two years. I came to Germany with an aging program. So now I really went left with the country, I could say. So yeah, now I'm now studying and as a full-time student in Germany. I've been living in Germany for almost three years now. I came here as a master before the pandemic started. So I came here fresh without knowing any language, the German. And right now I could communicate for my daily life well in German. And I'm looking forward to see more coming to me during my life experience in Germany because so far it's been great. It's been fantastic. I met new people. I enjoy new experience and also like incorporating new culture. That is impressive. Like, how did you learn that fast in German? <laughs> that is impressive. Do you think it's hard to be in Germany without knowing the language at all? Like, do you think people can survive here without knowing German? You could. But it will be difficult, very difficult, <laughs> if you want a social life. I agree. I've been learning German since I was in high school, and I actually got a scholarship to go to Germany for three weeks from Goethe Institute, so I was really grateful for that. And then I decided to study here in Germany, and I've been here since almost three years ago. I came here in September 2019. And and what German language level 
are you at now? Like C1, C2 now? Right now, to be in a German university and learning the courses in German, I need a C1 level. Mm. So that's where I'm at. Okay, so so you got the C1 certificate before you came to Germany or you came to Germany and you took the exam? Yeah, I, I learned German since I was in high school until B2. Yes. And then after I graduated high school, I need to do one year of student college. If you don't know what that is, that is for foreigners who wants to study in German university, but uh, they need to do extra one year so that their certificate would be equal with the German abitur. So mm-hmm. I did that. And after I graduated uh, student college, my certificate is equal with C1. Yeah, and and I think I think it also depends on the location where you will be living or where you are based, right? For example, yes. in Big City, I I don't think like the high proficiency of the German is really necessary because, for example, like Berlin, the cosmopolitan city. I mean, English is also like a very daily <laughs> language practice there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because like, yeah. if you're in Berlin or maybe even in Cottbus or some city where many foreigners live or white keepers are having in practice foreigners, it's easy to communicate in English. But like at the place where I live right now, like most people doesn't speak English at all, uh, even even the student at the university. So yes. For example, I live in this small town, Erfurt, the capital city of the Thuringian state. I also came around the same time as uh, Bella, like around October 2019 or late September. During that time, like hardly anyone spoke English. I think they could probably, but they chose not to. So it, it was kind of really hard. And also like the German language, to me, it sounds so foreign compared to English. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it is like kind of like a problem to ask about the Asian people because like it's not a joke because it's a it's kind of my experience. When I first joined the German class at the university, our German lecturer when he grouped the student to practice some alphabet, he grouped a Asian <laughs> in one mm-hmm. group. Because he said that I have experience with you guys, like Asian people, you guys have some difficulty in pronouncing some alphabet, and you guys have like a similar problem, so I have to group you guys in one. I am not being racist, and he, he was so scared that I we would thought of him as a racist person, so like he group us in one group. I understand now why did he do what he did. <laughs> I mean, about Bella, you experience any like stereotypical acts like this? Stereotypical. Like stereotype. I don't think so, but I think mm. it's more like I experienced a lot of culture shocks when I came here because, yeah, first I learned German since I was, since a long time ago, but then when I came here, it's still hard to communicate with people because. The language that I learned was the ones for formal activities, like for school. But here I need to socialize with my friends in German. And also I think the stereotypical of German people there is that they are cold. 
And I kind of felt it when I came here. It's a bit hard to approach them at first. But then after you got it, they are very loyal people and they they always help you when you need help. They're really nice people. In in my master program, we have like half of the class are Germans and the other half are international students. So it, it was really hard like to get to know them, I think. Maybe because they also have a habit that you need to know each other well to establish friendship. So friendship is like not something that you meet each other for a few hours and then you call them friend. I think to them, friendship really means something. But but over time, because almost three years now that I've been living in Germany, I really have friends, like German friends, who are like really like, you can call them friends for life because we could talk heart to heart with each other and also like have full help each other. Like not, not only one way that I ask them for help, but at the same time, they also seek my advice as well. Do you have like any experience where you do something that is completely normal for you and your your German friends or the other Indonesian friends think that's very cool, like something like that? Using like a chopstick <laughs> normally and they are like, wow, because like... <laughs> oh yeah, definitely using chopsticks and eating with, with your hand. The Germans always think that that is weird. And then I also work part-time at a restaurant right now. And then we used to have leftover avocados. And I told my friends I like to make this Indonesian drink that I love and I miss a lot, which is avocado smoothie. And (laughs) my German and international friends were like shocked. They were like, what? Why are you making avocados into smoothies? Because apparently here in Germany, avocado is usually eaten as a savory food and not a dessert. So that's one thing. It's also, in my experiences here, I find that fresh fruit, things like avocados and things are a lot more expensive here in Germany than it is in Southeast Asia or any of our home countries. So uh, things like this, for, for me, I always like to have a lot of fruits and stuff. And in my first years in university, a lot of my other colleagues were like, oh, but why are you spending so much money on fruit? You know, you can just go to like a student mensa and stuff. And after a while I stopped, but yeah, it's just, it's funny here. Fresh fruit is really expensive. Yeah, I also have a problem like the first two years because like during this time of the year in Cambodia, it's like the durian, you know, the fruit (laughs) season. And then you couldn't find it because it's very normal. Like to me, it's like automatically this time of the year, I have a durian to eat. And then I couldn't find it. I mean, there is, but it's like a frozen one and it's bought it from Thailand. So it's like in a long process and it's not fresh. And that that's one thing, yeah. I think yes. But but I always find substitute for that as well. I take more uh, I new kind uh, of uh, foods to eat. It has something to do with the people who are not familiar with. Oh no, it's funny because I I think that it is maybe they don't have fresh doing here. Is that like it is 
very <laughs> a scary fruit to the other people, other nations who are not familiar with durian, you know. My professor, he also visits our country. And then on his way back, he brought some durian candy. And because he's at the, at the point, he's kind of familiar with that candy or the, the smell of durian. And then he put the candy on the plate in his classroom. And then he started his letter. And then, yeah, free candy. Students grab them. <laughs> and then they eat them. And then, like, like five minutes later, <laughs> like someone says, like someone just said that, like, Oh, there's a gas leaking, and like in the oh, no. <laughs> in the lecture room, and then like everyone was like frightened, and then like they they have to evacuate the classroom before that doing candy. As was our professor know that, but he didn't tell anything about that. Yeah, I was I was hoping to know like uh, where did you get doing because I also like that. <laughs> yeah, so I I think I. How I am really curious, like, you know, is there any, like, cool places besides, like, an Asia store or something like that? It's like, a, is there any community or, I don't know, meet a place for the fellow Asian? Because I don't think I have seen one where I live. Well, for me, we have a big community of Indonesian students here in Germany. And not only students, but also those who does au pair an internship and they also work here. So we have this one community that is Indonesian Students Association. We have it in almost every city in Germany and we also have one students association in Germany. So as a big one. And they held a lot of events for Indonesian students especially. We have events almost every occasion like aid and also the Indonesian Independence Day. And they also make some other events, like, for example, they make music festivals and sports events and a lot of those things. And I joined one of their events back then in Hamburg, and I met a lot of friends over there, and I'm still friends with them up until now. So it's really nice to meet them. For me, we don't have a big Cambodian community in Germany, unfortunately. Yeah, but two weeks ago, there was a Cambodian New Year. I think it's also the same time as Myanmar New Year's as well, or like Thai New Year's yeah. as well in mid-April. Oh, yeah, so so I came over to the Cambodian embassy in Berlin and celebrate the New Year and then talk to the Cambodian people. And like for the first time in a few years, the real Cambodian food, because apparently I'm not good at cooking. <laughs> and so yeah it, it was kind of nice to me but i generally i don't actively seek for cambodian or like asian community myself it's more like because i'm focusing more on the person like the mindset and the visionary and the personality if we get along well so regardless of the nationality i would like to make friends to be friend with you but at the same time it's not that i'm forgetting my roots is that, you know, there's a terminology between roots and wings. So, like, while you're flying, also at the same time, don't forget where you're from as well. So, for me, this kind of hybridity is always come together. Like, everything is normative as, like, every day. Like, it, 
how we dress or what we eat, everything is just other cities consistent. And then like we move to another place, another country with another culture. And then like everything, almost everything changed. You have to learn to adapt. And then that's and that's when like you got out of the consistency and, and then you kind of miss your life back there, you know, like it's not in a bad way. I'm not trying to say it's a bad way, but I, I think I, I now can appreciate more about the people and the relationship that I have and the, even the food, <laughs> the way we dress and it's like that. So for me, like I feel it more deeply, like when I meet a fellow Burmese in Germany, like, you know, but we can just talk about like hours and hours, even though like <laughs> one of us might not be very talkative, but and then like we would talk about hours and hours about the town, the city, where we came from, and about the food that we eat, and and it's like relieving the the memory, and it is so cool. Like you know, you're it's like you're traveling. It's so so nice for me also. We also don't have much of a big <laughs> Burmese community. It's it's really scattering. And but I have a few students, Burmese students in the city that I live in. So sometimes we meet up and then like we cook something together and just chat until midnight or until someone made nice complaint <laughs> in the uh, dormitory group chat. So yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, especially when you get homesick and just finding people from your own root, it makes you feel less lonely and much better. It is very sad to think of that, you know. Have you guys ever do something like that? Like sometimes like our topic is like listing the foods and places that we want to go or that we want to eat. It's like we just piling the list and it's like the list is yeah. and then yeah. you think of that like you're just being homesick you miss the, yeah. everything there like that okay. so i usually call my parents or my friends and i would make some food some indonesian food for myself and that's also one thing i learned a lot in germany because back then i don't cook that much but now here in Germany, I, I have to learn how to cook by myself, how to bake. And I share it to my international friends, not just my German friends, but also from uh, all around the world. And they love the Indonesian food. And it also makes me proud of being Indonesian sometimes. Because sometimes it's one thing that we underestimated when we were in our home country. Because yeah. this is what we used to, but here in Germany, just finding out that other people from other cultures also appreciate it, it makes us proud. Yeah, so when you move to like Germany, it is like, I think we all have that kind of problem. It is, it is hard for you to find the ingredient here. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so do you like substitute the thing or just, just find the thing that you need? I I used to just try to find the, the ingredients in the Asian supermarket if I can. If I can't, then I would find substitutes in the local supermarket, something that is similar. 
uh, with the ingredients that I need to use. Or maybe I also sometimes found the instant things in the Asian supermarket. So that's easier. Like, for example, if I want to make rendang, it's a traditional Indonesian food that is very famous. But it's really complicated to make because we need to use a lot of ingredients. But there are some instant rendang uh, packages in the Asian supermarket. And I usually just use that. Yeah. yeah, because there are lots of Asian supermarkets too in every city, especially in Berlin, because I live in Berlin. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like a very interesting recipe. I would love to try one day. But I was yeah. looking to, it's like, and I think... Have you ever like impressed like, your your Germans or international friend with uh, your cooking? Like you know, it's not as in taste, you know. Like I think, like as Asian, like we put like everything into a, a food, you know. Like uh, we cook with the heart. Like we prepared very, very like even the small detail, and then. And then with many ingredients, and I think it's like a lot of like people like it, like international students like it. Like yeah, one of, yeah. One of our friends, uh, one of my friends, like uh, he was sitting beside me when, when I could, and he was like, "Wow, that's a lot of ingredients." And then yeah. I was like, "Yeah, we cook like this." And, <laughs> and then he was very eager to try it. And then when he tried it, and then. I was lucky that I didn't have to carry him to the hospital because, like, <laughs> oh my God, what did you put? You know, you know, what did I put? You, oh, no. it, you have seen it. It's just, I mean, I didn't even use much of a pepper. It's like <laughs> normal spike levels. <laughs> he can't handle it. Yeah, but honestly, since I live here, my spice tolerance is also decreasing. I can't eat <laughs> spicy food anymore <laughs> that is really sad yeah so actually in terms of the spice i i'm also like bella said that my spice <laughs> level like get decreasing like constantly decreasing <laughs> because for example like in Cambodia, i use like the i eat like the fresh chili you know the, the little chilies um, yeah. chili that is so spicy and sometimes when you couldn't find it, you you find this like sambal to replace it. Ah, yeah. But here, yeah, but here like even sambal also not as spice as it in Asia. Ah. And sometimes it's it at the first it it get it was getting quite frustrated. But right now, yeah, I think I get used to also not really eating spicy food at the moment. I yeah. like. That's how I joke. Like if I cook something, I was like, I, I always say that like they they are really, really scared of my food. So I I just say that okay, this is a European friendly meat. You can eat this meat. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think this is only. So I I don't want to stereotype, but I don't think this only happened in Germany. For example, like when you travel to another country, like near my country within Europe, like and. They are not spicy yet. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like besides the 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 normal like trying to cooking to cook our own food, have you also tried to learn new food like German or any other European food? Because for me, since I came here I, I kinda reduce it single rice. 
because I couldn't find the good ingredient, like the, 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 how to say, the authentic ingredient. So I try to invent my own menu and also like learn to cook new things because, for example, spaghetti here, it's so cheap to make. And also I think it's healthy with tomato sauce with a vegetable. And it's very quick and easy to make. So, so like for the time being, like, Spaghetti, like bolognese spaghetti, is like my favorite food at the moment, <laughs> and I ate it so much, like like I used to eat rice in Cambodia. Like for the spaghetti, like if you want to make it like Asian spaghetti, <laughs> I Asianized, <laughs> I Asianized the European food. I made the spaghetti like 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 you do, like with the tomato sauce and. Like that, and then I taste the tomato sauce, and for me, it's like, oh no, that's too sweet. And then I put goju yen and salt in there, and I miss it. So I, I have another new recipe, like a goju yen spaghetti. That's a very smart way to cook spaghetti, and also. You know how in Asia we used to eat everything with rice, and it's always yeah. every food. But here in Germany, I found a milk rice bar, which is very new to me to eat. Rice as a dessert, and I found it really interesting and a bit weird at first, but then I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think in back in Southeast Asia we eat sticky rice as a dessert, right? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, but this is yeah. milk rice, so it's yeah, something like milk rice. Yeah, yeah. No, this is new to me as well, and like ah, okay, I, yeah, because like in back 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 at home, I I didn't cook, so. Honestly, I had no idea that there are so many types of rice. When I first came here, I had to call my my parents like, "What kind of rice? Like, do we usually eat?" And they said, yeah. "We eat jasmine rice." <laughs> okay, jasmine yeah. rice it is. That. And the rice packages here in Germany are really small. They're only like five hundred grams to two kilograms. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we, we need to buy that uh, a lot a and lot. regularly. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, is there like any food like uh, you had in mind before you came to Germany? Like you have something? Yeah, I want to eat this when I arrive Germany. Like, is is there any kind of food like that for you? Oh yes, to me it's bread because I heard like for a long time because I I have. A German professor during my undergraduate study back in Cambodia, and sometimes he complains that we eat too much rice, especially in the morning because it's so heavy. And yeah. he said, like, because in Germany we only eat bread, and it's not like as you you eat because in the the typical breakfast in Cambodia is like rice with egg and then with meat like fried pork or fried beef or fried chicken, so it's actually like really heavy. And then, so I was looking forward to try all the bread, and like, really, really, I'm really satisfied with the bread because right now I eat bread every morning. Well, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was the worst curry worst. It's the the German sausages, which is really famous here. And I have a friend from Bavaria, and she brought um, some. Uh, authentic Bavarian sausages to Berlin, Ooh. and she asked us to eat with her at a brunch and the the one that shocked me was that they ate the sausage with pretzels for brunch but also with beer 
<laughs> so I didn't know that people could like drink beer as a brunch, but apparently they do that. And that was really interesting for me. But actually, when I came to Germany, I think my favorite food since I ever came here is the Turkish donut. I found that a lot <laughs> in Germany, especially in Berlin. And it's yeah. really cheap and it's really delicious. Yeah. yeah. I also like shawarma because like, that's my favorite. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, that's really delicious. It's not German, but we can find a lot of those here yes. in Germany. Also, like, I find also one thing interesting is, like, every state has their own beer brand. So, like, yeah. whenever I meet a German, like, oh, this is this is the beer from my hometown. This is from my hometown. Like, so I try all of the hometowns to be on my brand, actually. <laughs> and which, which one is your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 you know, I don't really know what's the favorite. But <laughs> I, w- I would say the, the Rattler and the Duxlein. Are my mm. favorite, two of them. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think the beer from Bavaria is the best always. And oh. I, I was quite surprised to find that the beer and other liquors, uh, alcoholic drinks in Germany is really cheap because it's really, really expensive in Indonesia. And I think that's why Indonesians don't drink alcohol that much because it's really expensive. But here... Almost every time we have a party, everyone drinks a lot of alcohol and especially beer. And sometimes even they drink beer for lots of events. And yeah, I mean, that was really shocking for me at first because I didn't know that people actually drink like beer on the road, (laughs) like when they were just walking casually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a strange side to us, isn't it? Like, like people are like able to drink uh, the alcoholic drink. I really like the fact that they they have like a lot of varieties of the beer, like varieties of percentage, varieties of brand in every supermarket, and like with many different price levels. It was really, yeah, something really interesting and cool, I think. Yeah. Yes. Now, you guys been to some, like, dancing, like, clubbing or, like, pubs? I've been to... I party quite a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I've only been to a club once here in Germany and I've never been to a club in Indonesia so I don't know how it was in Indonesia but I find the clubs here in Germany is really cool especially in Berlin and they are well known with their techno music so if you like techno music I think Berlin is the perfect place for you to to go party and how about you guys? I haven't been to a club but I have been to something similar to clubs. It's like it was when uh, the clubs were closing, and and then there is a big space near the Eastside Gallery in Berlin, and like like you go there and sit there, and like people are standing together, and one of them that like op- like open the some music, and then. And then there's a party, like a big one, and then everyone's mm. dancing to the the techno, German techno, famous one. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I also have Darren Pin too, the Asian club though, so mm. I have nothing to compare. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I never been to the club in Germany because there was one time while I was in Munich. I tried last year during summer, but I think probably because of the Corona restriction, they closed at twelve a.m. So we were there like already like ten or fifteen minutes to twelve. So so we couldn't get in, and because I I've been to. A lot of clubbing, not only back in hometown, but anywhere I travel. Normally, they close at three a.m. or four a.m. thing. So, so for me, like the the best time to go to clubbing is like eleven p.m. Like earlier than that, it's I don't know, it's just too early. It's like you're going somewhere for dinner. <laughs> but I've been to a lot of brewery houses in Berlin and also like in Munich and Dresden, Leipzig. So I think it was cool for brewery houses and especially I think this is like famous universally like anywhere in the world like Irish pub that has like yeah. football live and like live music or oh, it's always the best thing. I agree. Okay. Irish yes. pub are amazing. I've been yes. to several Irish pubs here in Berlin and the live music is always nice. Yes. People are singing along. Have you been to this one uh, near Charlie Checkpoint? I've been to it oh, a few no. times it's so cool there. Yeah, maybe I should check it out. <laughs> yeah, or maybe we should go together. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, just so you know, I'm moving to Berlin next month. So <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Yeah, we we could go there, definitely. <laughs> Introduce me to the Irish park. <laughs> of course. And what do you do for fun other than going to party? I think Min has an interesting new hobby that she would like to share. Oh. All right, it is hard to say because like I have a lot of hobby, but like currently <laughs> I I am practicing archery. So we mm. have an archery um, class at the university. Wow. Yeah. So uh, they also have mentor. So two 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 days a week, and you can go to wherever whenever suit you well, and then like they were train you like to shoot <laughs> cool. yeah it's, it's also in the forest so it's like you got the full feeling about that so that's pretty nice for me so what about I, you guys i actually i i took on also like quite a few new hobbies that i never did it before for example, like, you know, like jogging under the snow, like during the rain snow. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that, that's one thing, jogging during the rain snow. And I took up a lot of hiking um, activities because in Turingen, there's just like so many places for hiking. And uh, my German friend, uh, my also my international friend, they're keen on hiking in Germany. So yes, that's one thing. I have like even some gears on like hiking, like camping, but for like camping, I'm not really a fan. Um, I think take up German language language skills is also a new hobby and it's quite challenging, but it's actually really cool and it's getting better. I'm really happy for that. Um, cooking skill is also something like my biggest achievement, I think, besides studying in Germany. <laughs> at the moment because I, I, I didn't know how to cook for like not even cooking like rice. I don't know how to cook rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> now congrats. Yeah. 
But I have a question for you. Like, have you ever swam in a German lake? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, that's it. <laughs> I went to Wannsee in Berlin, and oh. it was nice and sunny. Lots of people were there just swimming in the lake, but the water was really cold. <laughs> but people still swim in it. And I have one friend who has a license to drive a boat in Wednesday, and I found that really cool as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Unfortunately, but, I have never swam in a German lake. <laughs> but I have been to a lake, but I, I never tried. No, you have to try. Now it's a summer. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so the corona restriction has been reducing like dramatically reduced so yeah. yes uh, take the chance what about you Bella and I I, I think you are so interested in baking what are the things you do like like as a hobby as a hobby I yeah. do a lot of things in my room because of corona <laughs> so <laughs> I learned new languages I learned a bit of Spanish and French mm. and Yeah, I get to practice that with my friends from work because there are some um, people from Mexico and Spain and also from France and Switzerland. So I'm really grateful for that. And I also learned how to do handicrafts to crochet. And I did that a lot, especially this past week, because unfortunately last week I got COVID. (laughs) But yeah, I'm very grateful. My friends are... And my family kept checking up on me and asking if I'm okay and offered if I need help. And I'm grateful that I'm feeling much better now so I can do this podcast with you guys right now. <laughs> I'm glad that you're feeling better right now. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's a good thing. You're, you're, like, you're like right now fully recovered, right? Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much uh, yeah. for like for inviting me to join this podcast. I I, I had fun and then uh, I I came to know interesting things from you guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. I I learn a lot from all of you, and it's quite interesting actually. Yeah, me too. Thank yeah. you for being yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. So, this was a very interesting conversation to listen in on. There's a lot of moments where I wanted to come and speak as well. But it was interesting. I hope we can do this again. And yeah, maybe next time we can either get the three of us again or or maybe one other person. Or maybe we can just rotate and see how it goes. And then it'll be also exciting to see what kind of topics that we'll talk about as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Have a nice evening. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.